Welcome to the Rational Horizon Podcast, brought to you by the Central Valley Alliance of Atheists and Skeptics. The Rational Horizon Podcast is a discussion of issues relevant to atheists and skeptics in the California Central Valley. Today is July 25th, 2009. And today we'll be talking about Kathy Griffin's show in Fresno, and we'll discuss religious experiences and what that means for non-believers. Here with me today is uh, CVAS member Justin. Say hi, Justin. Hi, how are you doing? Our new mayor, Ashley Swearington, uh, was actually on the courthouse steps with the day of prayer according to one of our uh, members. So um, that is one of the things that informs us here. So Kathy Griffin came to Fresno last weekend. Kathy, I recall, whenever she accepted a uh, a comedy award, I think it was, she uh, said, uh, suck it, Jesus, this award is my God now. She got a lot of flack for that. So how was she at the show the other night? Yeah, she said that when she got her Emmy. And in fact, at the show, they uh, played clips of of her various TV appearances, and that was included, which, of course, everyone's laughing at as well. So, Which was a great moment in the Emmys, <laughs> I have to say. The show, I mean, the show, obviously, her comedy is focused on celebrities and gossip and things like that. She didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about any kind of religion or anything like that. But she did mention, and this is not an exact quote, but but she did say, I you know I I do like to make fun of religion, and she right. proceed, proceeded to call uh, call out the Catholics and and talk about and used a sort of a very bad term for them as far as in, enjoying little boys and stuff like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then making fun of Scientology a bit there, and and of course the celebrities that are involved in it. She didn't spend a lot of time on it, but definitely mentioned it. Well, it's my understanding that she actually is a lapsed Catholic. I don't think she would ever refer to herself as uh, non-religious, but uh, as a comedian she doesn't have a problem making fun of uh, her own religion. Now, one of the the interesting things is that she's really a hero in the gay community. The local Fresno LGBT community advertised her appearance very heavily, um, which is how we found out about it because of our friendship with the LGBT community here in the Central Valley. So it was interesting to see just how excited people were that she was going to be here. Um, did you see many rainbow flags at the event? I don't recall if we saw rainbow flags, but there was definitely the predominant audience. She started off the show by asking, you know, where are my gays at? Where are my lesbians at? Where are my uh, straight girls at? And where are my straight men at? In which there were very few, including myself. But yeah, she, <laughs> she definitely called attention to each sort of group, I guess you could call it. Fresno had a uh, LGBT pride 
parade um, last month and the Central Valley Alliance of Atheists and Skeptics had a tabling event there so we were actually present there at the uh, parade and, and uh, handing out literature. Uh, I'm going to change the subject now. Do you come from a religious background, Justin? Personally, no. Um, my parents both had different religious backgrounds when they were growing up, but they mm -hmm. con consciously decided not to bring up my sister and I in, with any kind of religious background or, or influence. They sort of left it up to us to decide whatever we wanted to believe. Did you sample any churches in doing so? Well, I mean, for the longest time, it was never an issue. It was never really anything that was brought up. So there was only a few times where I had friends that were religious. There was one instance when I had a friend who invited me over to spend the night at his house. It, was, it happened to be a Saturday night. And the next morning, he tells me, okay, let's get ready. We're going to go to church. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait a minute. I didn't really sign up for that. But not having any other way to... to get home at 8 in the morning or whatever it was, uh, I wound up going and I just kind of had to sit there and that was one of the first times I've ever been to like a church service. And of course after that there was Sunday school. So that was very interesting for me. It felt weird, sort of cultish in a way just because I'd never been exposed to it. It was just strange to see that. But even before then, I, I remember asking my mom about uh, sneezing, because it seemed to be like an involuntary act. I said, is it possible that sneezing is some sort of way that God is sort of sending kind of a message to you or, you know, something silly like that, just as a kid, just trying to figure things out? One of the, the difficulties for becoming non-religious for a lot of people is the fact that they had some sort of religious experience. It's uh, kind of like what we've been hearing about with Francis Collins. Um, he had a religious experience with a waterfall, and this is what made him decide to not be an atheist and start being a Christian. It was uh, very interesting to hear some of that. But I take it you've never had anything like that. A religious experience? No, I wouldn't say so. Well, um... My mom passed away when, when I was 15. She had brain cancer. And there was a two-year period where she was in chemotherapy and doing a lot of uh, treatment like that. So it was a pretty hard time for us. And sort of there was at a point where she did mention to me that uh, one morning after she woke up, she mentioned that she had a dream about angels that were surrounding her bed and telling her that everything was going to be okay. But... Even at that time myself, I, I knew there was a rational explanation of why a person would see that, especially in a dream situation. Right. So I, I grew up religious and had to overcome that. I didn't really start overcoming that until my 30s. My biggest problem with uh, leaving Christianity, I was sure I had felt the Holy Spirit on several occasions. So, I have another piece of audio. This is something I call Mind Hacking God. 
Mind-Hacking God My deconversion from Christianity was a long and somewhat painful process. It started from several seeds, but the most damage to my Christian faith came from my self-study and comparative religion, which led me to see that many of what we call biblical stories are just reflections of other earlier religions. Rereading the Bible with a critical eye also severely injured my faith. When I removed the whitewashing that a long-ago pastor had used to cover up the atrocities in Numbers 31, I realized just how horrible that story really was. I also started to realize just how many things have been glossed over in Christianity. By this point, I no longer believed that Christianity was original or that the Bible could be trusted. But I still couldn't call myself an atheist because one thing was holding me back, the Holy Spirit. There were several times as a Christian when I felt the Holy Spirit. It happened most often while I prayed in the chapel of my original church in Houston. It happened less often in other churches. And it happened sometimes when I was off by myself someplace relatively secluded while praying quietly. I no longer believed that Christianity was true. So where was this reassuring and humbling feeling of acceptance and love and forgiveness coming from? I started reading about how people of other religions also created this feeling. Buddhism calls it enlightenment. Jainism has a similar term. Monks from Tibet, masters from India, religions in Asia where they worship ancestors or animal spirits instead of God, Native American sweat lodges, all have a similar concept. This feeling of enlightenment can even come from fasting. Throughout history, people have found different ways to attain this feeling of transcendence. I started to wonder, why are all these people having similar experiences through religions that are mutually exclusive? I thought that either there are a multitude of gods, or it's all coming from a place that we hold in common. It's coming from inside our heads. Wow. I started researching this idea and almost immediately ran into the concept of mystic atheism or materialistic enlightenment. These concepts were written by James Huber on his website jhugger.com. You might know this person from his parable titled Kissing Hank's Ass, which is pretty funny and well worth your time to read. James talks about how during one of his many experiences of enlightenment, he came to the realization that the experiences are real, but attributing them to a supernatural or metaphysical cause is not correct. His story was the first I had read of how enlightenment comes from within our heads and not from some outside force. In chapter 7 of Sam Harris's book, The End of Faith, Mr. Harris wrote of how our thoughts can influence and even damage our brain, and uses depression as an example. He also shows that our thoughts can be modified through purely physical means, like taking Prozac. In this chapter, Sam Harris wrote about spiritual intuition and a sort of rational mysticism, and he suggested that we explore these experiences in a rational, scientific manner. Even though many atheist bloggers attacked him for this, I think he's right. I believe that our brains are wired to experience enlightenment. Whether this is an evolutionary benefit or merely an evolutionary spandrel in the Stephen J. Gold sense of the word, 
is yet to be determined. But I think this state of mind is valuable. I believe that it may have beneficial physical effects and that it may allow us to intuit answers to questions that trouble us. I've managed to recreate my old feelings of transcendence in myself by using meditation. I find that music also helps me reach this state. Yeah, I know it's weird, but the rock song Jump, as performed by Van Halen, really does help. When I leave this state of mind, I feel both relaxed and energized. My problems don't seem as insurmountable as they did. Sometimes I even have an insight that leads me to solve a question that was bothering me. I realize that questions about this Holy Ghost feeling may be holding back the growth and personal discovery of other people. By answering this question for myself, I moved from being an agnostic to being an atheist while still retaining the best thing that Christianity taught me. I hope my story can help you too. You're listening to the Rational Horizon Podcast. You can find links, show notes, and contact information by visiting the show website at www.rationalhorizon.com. We would love to hear comments or suggestions about this show. Please send emails to comments at rationalhorizon.com. The Rational Horizon Podcast is supported by the Central Valley Alliance of Atheists and Skeptics. CVAS encourages teaching positive secular philosophy and rational scientific inquiry throughout the California Central Valley. We support the separation of state and church and urge members of the secular and skeptical communities to join or to form affiliated rational organizations. You can learn more about this organization and upcoming calendar events from its website, www.cvaas.org. Hey, this is Jonathan Colton, and you're listening to a podcast released under a Creative Commons license. CC, baby. Check it out.